you lift up the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is going to manifest His presence. Amen. He will do that. He has come to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. I cannot imagine being in a church that did not allow the presence, the moving, the operation of the Holy Spirit in that, in that church or in the service. I'm glad we can sense His presence, that He's with us tonight. We make Him welcome here at Abundant Life Family Church. Amen. Well, praise God. Open your Bibles to Psalms tonight. I'm going to share a few things with you. And uh, praise God. Let you, let you go here in a little bit. All right. Psalms. The book of Psalms. I'm going to go to two openings in Psalm. First of all, to Psalm 107. And then we will flip over a couple of pages to Psalm 116. Okay. Psalm 107. And then Psalm 116. If you would turn there, find it on your, your phone, your device, whatever, they'll put it on the screen as well. Psalm 107. Amen. Um, I, I, I just want to encourage you to read, uh, read this psalm this week, Psalm 107, in its entirety. Uh, I wished I had time. I'd read it all tonight. It's 43 verses, but... It talks about giving thanks to the Lord. It begins by saying, give thanks to the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And it goes on, and uh, just talking about giving thanks to God. But notice verse 20. I'm going to read verse 20 through 22, Psalm 107. It says this, well, let me start with verse 19. Then they cry to the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them out of their distresses. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 22, And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. Now flip a couple of pages over uh, to chapter 116, Psalm 116, but I want you to remember that 22nd verse of Psalm 107, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And then in Psalm 116, verse 12, Psalm 116 and verse 12 says this, What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call Upon the name of the Lord, I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all His people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. O Lord, truly, I am Thy servant. I am Thy servant and the son of Thine handmaiden. Thou hast loosed my bonds. Verse 17, I will offer to Thee 
the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Now I want to talk to you for a few moments on that thought. The psalmist mentions it in Psalm 107, again in this Psalm 116, of the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Father, thank you tonight for your word. I thank you for the Holy Spirit in this service tonight. I ask that you will now anoint me, help me to say what you want me to say, to minister the word of God to your people tonight. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. There are some sins that are that are uh, greater, if we, if we want to classify sin as being some sins are bigger than others, and there are some sins that are greater than the sin of ungratefulness, but there is no sin that is any uglier than the sin of ungratefulness or unthankfulness. I'm glad Susie gave that testimony because it fits right in with the, the time of year that we're in, and this, with this service and the message this morning and the message tonight as well. But um, an ugly sin is a sin of unthankfulness, of murmuring. I mentioned that word this morning, of complaining. You know, the Lord was very displeased with the children of Israel in the wilderness for their murmuring and for their complaining. Remember how many things God did for, for Israel in the wilderness? And then every time, you know, in spite of everything He did for them, they always found time to complain about something else. And I think we're all guilty of that from time to time, but we need to make sure that we're, we're more grateful and more thankful uh, every day of the year and not just at this time of Thanksgiving. Shakespeare said, How sharper than a serpent's tooth is, is to have a thankless child. And I just wonder how many times the Lord thinks about that when it comes to His children. Because I mentioned it this morning, God has been good to all of us. We really, none of us have anything to, be, to complain about or to be ungrateful for. God has blessed us. He's been good to this church. I'm telling you, for, for, for the rough year that we've all went through and everything that we've experienced in 2020, God has still blessed Abundant Life Family Church, and He's been good to Abundant Life Family Church. He's been good to me and our family, and I know that He has to you as well. And in that 107th Psalm, I read that second verse where uh, the psalmist said, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So if you are a part of that redeemed of the Lord, then you need to rejoice and, and be thankful, if nothing else, that you're redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Satan has no hold on me anymore. He has no right in my life anymore. I've been bought and purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ and redeemed from Satan's hand, from the hand of the enemy. That's shouting ground right, right there. So God God is wanting us to express to Him our thankfulness to Him, to the Lord. And so thanksgiving needs to be turned into thanks living. Amen. And that's what this, this uh, 
elderly lady Susie talked about. She's living a life of thanksgiving. She's turned it into thanks living, where her entire life is given to giving praise and giving thanks to the Lord. I told the story before. Um, Amen. About Lillian B. Yeomans, who was a, uh, a missionary um, many years ago, Assembly of God missionary, the gospel publishing house, uh, used to sell some of her books. I have a few of her books, but uh, Lillian B. Yeomans um, uh, was working, I forget which particular country right off the top, because I'm giving this to you. This is not in my notes. This is right off the top of my head. All right. <laughs> but she was a missionary in some country and there was a, a lady she was also a doctor doc, she was a medical doctor and she was taking care of patients with smallpox and there was a, 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 a elderly lady that had, that had smallpox and um, um, this lady had a dream she, she couldn't figure out God why am I like I am why am I having to go through this with this disease with this sickness and um, the Lord gave her a dream. She had a dream one night, and uh, in this dream she saw an old-fashioned scale. You know what I'm talking about, a, a, an old-fashioned scale. And there was a basket on each side. And one side, the basket was, was, uh, was full, and it was weighed down the other side. There was nothing in the basket. And the Lord uh, spoke to her in the dream, and he said, The basket that's full is your trouble. It's your affliction. It's your sickness. It's what you're going through. And the basket on the other side is your praise and your thankfulness. And God said, when your basket of praise gets full and, and gets heavier than the basket um, of, of your affliction, you're going to be healed. And so she, she, she took that to heart, and she did. And I was reminded of that when you gave that testimony because this lady laid there, still sick in her body, but she began to praise the Lord. She praised Him morning, noon, and night. All of the, those that were taking care of her uh, heard her praise in the Lord, praise in the Lord, praise in the Lord. Uh, all hours of the day and night, just worshiping the Lord. And one night she had another dream, and in this dream the Lord showed her the basket of praise was full and running over, and the basket of the affliction was now empty. And when she woke up that morning, listen to me, when she woke up that morning, she was completely healed of smallpox. There wasn't a pock on her body whatsoever. Her skin was as clear and smooth as a baby's because God had healed her. It was a praise cure. Amen. And I tell you what, I, I still believe today that if we will do the same thing and be thankful and offer the sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, that God will do wonderful things in our life. He'll turn things around. Amen. You believe that? Praise God. The Bible tells us in these verses to offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we know in the Old Testament they sacrificed animals and fruit and grain and brought those sacrifices to the tabernacle and to the temple to offer to the Lord. And of course, obviously in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, we do not offer sacrifices such as that. We don't bring our, thank God, we don't have to bring our sheep and our oxen and things like that to sacrifice because Jesus, 
Jesus. Jesus fulfilled all that at the cross. He was the supreme sacrifice, and he fulfilled all of those Old Testament sacrifices when he died on Calvary. But in the New Testament, we still under this covenant do offer sacrifices to the Lord, but we are to offer spiritual sacrifices. The Bible says, Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 5, he said, you also as lively stones or as living stones, you are a living, lively stone tonight, all right? And uh, he said, you as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So we're not offering animal sacrifices, but in this new covenant we still are offering spiritual sacrifices. And there are four spiritual sacrifices, probably more than that, but four that I want to touch on as briefly as I can tonight that we as believers can make sacrifices of thanksgiving to God. And if you and I will offer these spiritual sacrifices of thanksgiving, then we will turn thanksgiving into thanks living and God will we'll see God do some awesome things in our life, in our family, in our homes, and in our churches. How many believe that tonight? So the first sacrifice, if you want to write this down, each one of them begins with a P. The first sacrifice is the sacrifice of your your person, the sacrifice of your person. In Romans 12 and 1, the Apostle Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He says here, this is a a sacrifice that you are to make personally offering yourself, your body, your person, your life as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice to the Lord, to God. This is the giving of yourself to the Lord. How many of y'all believe that we need to give ourself to the Lord? This is consecration. I know that's a word we don't like to hear, but this is commitment. It's surrender. It's consecration to God and to the will of God. And Paul said to this church at Rome, to these believers at Rome, he said, I beseech you. He's pleading with them. And that's what that word beseech means. He says, he's saying to them, I beg you to offer yourself. He wasn't commanding them. He was pleading with them because he knew how important it was for them to offer themselves to the Lord. What if, what if the Lord were here tonight pleading with you, begging you to offer yourself, to give yourself um, to, to, to Him completely and totally? Would that have an effect on your life? Well, I believe that's what He's doing through the Holy Spirit tonight. He's pleading with all of us to give ourselves to God, to offer a sacrifice of our lives to the Lord. And he said the reason for this was by the mercies of God. He said, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you offer yourself. The mercies of God is, is what Jesus has done for us at Calvary. It's by the mercy of God that we're here tonight. Amen. It's through the mercy of God that your sins have been washed away, that you're 
forgiven, that you're a child of God. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I can tell you, it's not by anything that you have done or I have done to merit or to earn anything. It's by the mercies of God and by the grace of God. And I don't know about anybody else, but I'm so glad tonight that God, that, that I know that our Heavenly Father is a merciful God. Are you with me? And He's so full of love and compassion and mercy. And He gave, Jesus gave His all for you and I and suffered. He went to that cross. He gave His life. Uh, he took our sin and, and, and shame and our, 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 our unrighteousness. He took all that there at the cross and bled and died for us to set us free and to give us eternal life. And ladies and gentlemen, it's only reasonable that because of all he's done for us, it just is reasonable. Paul said it's your reasonable service, your reasonable worship for us to give our lives and our bodies back to him. He has saved us, praise God, from a devil's hell. Well, then let's us commit to him, submit to him, and present to him our bodies and our lives to him tonight that will be totally and completely his. Amen? That's being sold out. I mean, this message tonight kind of dovetails with this morning's message of how, how, how Mary poured out, she poured out uh, her everything, the most costly thing she had up on the Lord. And that's what he's asking from you and I tonight to give him our everything. You have been bought with a price. Can I get an amen? Paul said that we're not our own. We've been bought with a price, with the blood of Jesus. And so we have got to maintain a commitment to the Lord. And sometimes, you know, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself. And, I've, and in pastoring over the years, I've saw people that at one time were really committed to God and really on fire for the Lord and really doing a work for God, but I've saw them drift away. How many knows what I'm talking about? And I've saw them lose their consecration and lose their commitment to the Lord. And look, look when, when you find yourself or if you find yourself in that situation, the thing you've got to do is, is nip that in the bud right then and there. Amen. See, the devil is very subtle how he leads people away from the Lord. But there's a time then you need to come back and make a rededication and a recommitment and offer yourself and give yourself as that sacrifice back to the Lord. It is a voluntary thing. He said for you to present yourself as a living sacrifice. And that word present that's used there is a word that meant that was used for a man volunteering for the army. And so it's a personal voluntary sacrifice. It's not something God is going to force you to do. He's not going to make you commit to him if you don't submit and commit to him you'll probably wish you had but he's not going to force you he's wanting you and that's why Paul was pleading that's why he was begging that's why he was saying to this church and to these believers I'm pleading and beseeching you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God and it's a living sacrifice that seems to be a misnomer because a sacrifice was something that was dead. 
Are you with me? A sacrifice was put on the altar and it was slain and it was put to death. But here Paul said that we're to be a living sacrifice. How can we be dead, a sacrifice that's put to death, and be alive at the same time? Well, it's because that's what happened to us at Calvary. Amen? We were crucified. Come on, I'm about to have a spell. now. We were crucified with Christ and, and put to death on that cross with Christ. We died to sin. We died to self. And we have been raised up with the Lord Jesus Christ to walk in newness of life. Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I that live but Christ lives in me so even though you are alive and even though you live part of you listen to me part of you is dead there's a part of you that's not living anymore there's a part of you that has been crucified with Christ on that cross and that part of you that is dead is that old man that you used to be amen that old person that you were before you came to Jesus I'm glad I've said it before and I got to say it again I'm so glad I'm so glad that that old Rick Hensley that used to live that was ungodly and unclean and, and away from God and a sinner I'm so glad that when I came to Jesus that old man was nailed to the cross and put to death and buried and now I'm raised with him to walk as a brand new man in newness of life Woo! that's a living sacrifice I'm died but I am alive I've been crucified with Christ Nevertheless, I live, and it's not I, but it's Jesus Christ living in me. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I get, I, I'm sorry. I, I got I to gotta calm down. Woo! Hallelujah. Paul said in Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that your old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. That means that old man's dead. You don't live the way you used to. Come on, somebody. Verse 11 of Romans 6, he said, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ. Woo! That's a living sacrifice. That's what the Lord is calling us to do is to sacrifice our person. And I'm going to tell you, that's taking up your cross. Jesus said, I ain't going to get done with this tonight. But Jesus said that if you want to be my disciple, anyone who wants to be my disciple, let him what? Deny himself, take up your cross, and follow me. Taking up the cross is not what a lot of people think. Taking up the cross is, does not mean that, uh, that God gives you some kind of problem to bear. That's your cross to bear. But taking up the cross means that you are receiving what Jesus did for you at the cross. You're dying. See the cross. Listen. The cross was an emblem of death. Isn't that right? When somebody took up a cross and started up the road, they ain't coming back. 
That dude's not coming back. He's going out to be crucified. He's going, he, this guy's not going to exist anymore. Oh, hallelujah. And that's what Jesus was saying. If you want to be a disciple, you got to take up that cross and die to self and die to sin and die out to your own desires, to your own self-will, amen, and receive the benefits that I'm going to that cross to, 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 um, to receive those benefits that, that I'm going to provide for you through my death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus went to the cross. He died. He was put in that tomb, but when he came back, he came back resurrected in a glorified body, and when we're raised up with him, we're raised up now to walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. Free from sin. Free from the enemy. Redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Sin has no more dominion or control over my life because I present myself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is what he expects of every one of us. Woo! Let me move on. Number two, the sacrifice of my praise. First, the sacrifice of my person. But if I want to offer another sacrifice of thanksgiving, it would be the sacrifice of my praise. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 15 says this, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise. You see that? The sacrifice of praise. Now we're not offering an oxen or a goat or a lamb or a turtle dove, but we're offering now spiritual sacrifice what what is the, what is it we're offering the sacrifice of praise to god continually that's what that little lady there that susie's talking about offering that sacrifice to god continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name do you understand how important that is praise is valuable to you but praise is valuable to the Lord God values your praise do you understand that tonight the Bible says, Psalm 22.3, that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. That mean he, means he dwells in our praise. Psalm 69 and verse 30 and 31 says this. The psalmist said, I will praise the name of God with a song and magnify him with thanksgiving. See, to give thanksgiving to God, you, are, you know what you're doing? You're magnifying the Lord. Hallelujah. You're glorifying and magnifying God. And he said, this also shall please the Lord. What will? To give him praise and to give him thanksgiving. And the, the writer of Hebrews there said that with these sacrifices, God is well pleased. And he, this will please the Lord, he said, better than an ox or a bullock that has horns or hoofs. Do you see what he's saying? I can bring a, a the, the writer there, David, saying I can bring an ox and then sacrifice it. And, uh, you know, God's, God's pleased with those sacrifices. But he's more pleased 
pleased with this. This pleases him more than anything. I can put money in the offering and I should do that. I can give of my tithe and I should do that. And so should you, by the way. Amen. But, but, but there's something that pleases God more than me giving an ox, giving a bullock, giving of my money, whatever I can give. There's something here, he says, that will please the Lord better than an ox or a bullock. And that is if I will praise the name of the Lord and magnify him with thanksgiving. I'm going to offer up the sacrifice of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to do it every day, every day, every moment, every day. Have a praise on our heart and in our mouth. Amen? Something that we do willingly. It's something that we, that we yield to God and do willingly. I shouldn't have to pump and prime and plead and beg and coerce people to praise God. Shouldn't have to do that. Amen? You know, and I see pastors doing that and... You know, we, we have to do it sometimes. Come on, let's everybody praise the Lord. Let's everybody praise the Lord. And, and um, I'm, I'm trying to lead everybody in praise. We have a worship team and a worship leader to lead you in worship. But it should come natural. It's something that you should offer to God willingly. And there's sometimes, you know, some people that sit in church just stoic and, and, and as they can be, they have no joy, they have no smile, they have no praise, they don't have no sing, song, no singing, no worship. And uh, praise God, listen, church, when the song service is going on and the worship time's going on, sing, praise God. I told you this morning, all God's children sing, they just don't all of them need a microphone, but they all sing, praise God. We need to sing praises to the Lord and worship the Lord and give thanksgiving to the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, I can't sing. Well, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph. When you come to the house of God, we come here to praise the Lord. This is our happy place. Come on. I said, this is our happy place. Woo! Hallelujah! Amen! Hallelujah! It must be free will and it, it, it must be given to the Lord willingly, but praise must also be given continually. He said, I will offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Psalm 34, we sing that. We, that I love that song, that Psalm 34 song that we do. And David said in Psalm 34, 1, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So it's in every situation, under every circumstance, David is saying, I am determined that I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise Him when things are good. I'm going to praise Him when things are bad. I'm going to praise Him no matter what the situation is in my life. I'm going to praise Him in the morning. I'm going to praise Him in the noontime. And I'm going to praise Him when the sun goes down. We sang a little chorus years ago that said that. 
Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the noontime. And praise Him at the going down of the sun. And, and there's, I was just reading through the Psalms the other day. And, and in some, just this morning, Psalm 119, I don't remember the verse, but the psalmist there said seven times a day. Not just in the morning, not just at noon, not just in the evening, not just three times. But he said seven times a day will I praise the Lord. That's praising him an awful lot. Come on. And you can't praise him too much. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. We need to praise him continually. We need to bring our praise with us when we come into the house of the Lord. Don't wait till you get here and try to get pumped up. Bring your praise from home with you to the house of the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah 33, 11 says that of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We don't come to church to praise Him. We, we are to bring our praise with us. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you what, if you've been praising God continually at home and through the week and in your car and on your job, you won't have any trouble when you come through the doors of Abundant Life Church coming through with a praise and worship on your heart and on your lips. Amen. The Bible says we are to enter His gates with thanksgiving in His courts with praise. That is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So we offer the sacrifice of our person. We offer the sacrifice of our praise. Thirdly, we offer the sacrifice of our prayer. Our prayer. Psalm 141, verse 2. David said, Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Notice that. It's the sacrifice of our prayer. Let my prayer be set before thee as incense. It's a sweet savor. It's a sweet aroma. And the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Prayer is an incense that goes up before the Lord. Are you with me? The Old Testament, in the Old Testament tabernacle, there were several items of furniture in that tabernacle. When you first entered in through the, the gate, there was the brazen altar where the sacrifices were made, and then there was the laver in the middle of the courtyard where the priests would wash their hands and feet. And then when you entered into the tabernacle itself, into the holy place, there was the golden candlestick, and then there was the table of showbread on the other side. But then right in the center, right before you entered the, the priest's would enter the Holy of Holies, there was the golden altar of incense. And the priest would come every morning and every evening, and he would come by the way of the blood uh, of the sacrifice to that golden altar morning and evening, and he would offer sweet-smelling incense upon that, um, upon that altar of incense. It represented the prayers and the intercession of Christ going up. It represented the prayers of the people going up before God. The word 
worship of the people. But to get to that golden altar, to get in there to that golden altar, right in front of the, it was right in front of the veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place. To get there, that priest had to first go to the brazen altar, and there he was to get a coal of fire. That brazen altar represented the cross. That brazen altar was where the animals were were slain, where the blood, listen to me, where the blood was shed on that brazen altar. It's where the blood of those innocent animals was poured out as an atonement for the sins of those who brought those sacrifices. So the priest had to get the coal of fire from the brazen altar. He had to come by way of the blood to get to the altar of incense. There was two, you know, the two sons of Aaron offered strange fire before the Lord. It was fire that they did not get from that from that brazen altar. It was fire that came from another source and God would not accept that. They were slain. They were, they were killed. The fire of God came out of that tabernacle and slew them because they were offering what the Bible said was strange fire. Listen, anything that's outside other than the cross of Jesus is strange fire. Anything that's other than the blood of Jesus is strange fire. There is no other way to God. There is no other way to heaven. There is no other way of salvation. There is no other way to get a prayer answered. There is no other way to receive anything from God other than through the cross of Jesus and the blood he shed there on that cross. Amen? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19, it says that we have boldness to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. So that's the only way that we can come to the Lord Jesus or to God the Father is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the, 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 no one can offer that incense of prayer until we first come through the blood of Jesus. Amen? Fire from any other place will not be accepted. Amen. The only way to God is through that blood. And the only way to get our prayer accepted is through Jesus Christ and the cross. I know there's a big deal today. You know, they don't want you praying in public anyway. But if you do, they say, well, just don't use the name of Jesus. Well, you got, you ain't no other way to get to God other than through Jesus. People say, do you have to believe in Jesus to go to heaven? There ain't no other, forgive my, my English, but there ain't no other way to get to God, to get to heaven, to be born again other than going through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except, he said, through me. And through him you have to come by way of and means of the cross of Jesus. The blood. When I, when I pr- go to prayer every morning, I go in, I follow the prayer pattern uh, of, that Jesus gave of what we call the Lord's Prayer. We've taught on it here. I go into his presence through uh, recognizing him as my heavenly father, and I thank him that I have the right and the privilege to come to him and come into his presence because of the blood of Jesus. And I always say, Father, I'm not here by my own merits or my own good deeds, 
but I'm here today because of the blood of Jesus and what Jesus did for me at the cross. And that, oh, glory to God, that gets me, that gets you instant access, instant access into the presence of God, into the holy place, into that holy of holies, praise God. Gets us there where we can offer our prayers and our prayers are sacrifices. They're incense offered up. He said that the lifting of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. That that my prayer go before you, God, as incense. Oh, that's such an awesome, awesome picture because we see, listen, I'm I'm, I'm hurrying. We see in Revelation 5, Revelation 5 and 8, it said there that there's a scene in heaven in Revelation 5 and 8 and it says that those 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Every one of them had harps, uh, had, had harps and golden vials. Listen to this. Golden vials full of odors which are the prayers of the saints. In Revelation 8, 3 and 4 it says another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. This is the scene in heaven. He has a golden censer and there was given to him much incense. Are you hearing me? Much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne of God and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hands. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a sac- our prayers, our sacrifices and incense that is sweet savor and a sweet smell that comes up before God and he hears every single prayer. Hallelujah. And it's pleasing to him when we come to him in prayer through the blood of Jesus. We need to be offering the sacrifice of our prayers to him. Be people of prayer. Hallelujah. Don't ever let the devil lie to you and say, well, God's not hearing your prayer. When you come to him through the blood of Jesus, you're offering incense before him. Your worship is incense before him. Amen? So there's the sacrifice of our person. There's the sacrifice of our praise. There's the sacrifice of our prayers. These are thanksgiving sacrifices that will make our life a life of thanks living. And thirdly is the sacrifice. You all going to love this one. The sacrifice of our possessions. amen maybe I should have swapped this outline around and had had praise last but Hebrews back to Hebrews 13 verse 16 Paul talked about the sacrifice of praise then in verse 16 he says to do good and to communicate forget not for which for with such sacrifices God is well pleased that word communicate there in the King James means to distribute to share and to be generous in the amplified translation it says this do not forget or neglect to do kindness and good and be generous and distribute and contribute to the needy for such sacrifices are pleasing to God 
So this verse has to do with sacrificing material possessions. It has to do with giving to the Lord. I don't preach on giving a lot. You all know that. You guys are good to give, but every once in a while we need to be reminded of the importance of our giving to the work of the Lord and the blessing that it is. But when we give to God, when the offering bags come around and you write that, listen, when you write that tithe check, that offering check, you put that money in that envelope and you drop that in that offering bag, you are, you are, you are giving a spiritual sacrifice. You are making a spiritual sacrifice to God. Because he said to do good and to distribute, to, con con to give contributions with such sacrifices God is well pleased. So it's a sacrifice that we're giving to God. And it's a sweet-smelling sacrifice to the Lord. We'll get in Philippians chapter 4 eventually. We're in chapter 1 on Wednesday nights right now. But Paul commended the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 4 for them being a church that communicated with him concerning giving and receiving on more than one occasion. They gave to the Apostle Paul. He didn't ask for a gift, but they loved him. And we've talked about the love that they had for him and the love he had for that church. And they gave to him just to, to meet his needs. And they, listen, they sent such an offering to him through Epaphroditus that Paul said, I received your, your offering. He brought it to me and I'm full. He said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. And right now he said, I'm full because of the wonderful offering that you've given to me. And he said in Philippians 4.18, he said, I have all and abound and I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent for you. Listen, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. So Paul said their offering was a sacrifice. It was a sweet smell. It was an odor that God was pleased with. So we must be sure that we give God first place in our giving. Amen? Listen to Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. It tells the blessing of the giver. And he says, and the, 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 the writer there, Solomon in Proverbs says, Honor the Lord with your substance. And with the first fruit of all your increase, so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your, your, your uh, uh, presses shall burst out with new wine. So he says, if you'll honor the Lord by giving your substance, by giving your offerings, your tithe, your finances, that God will bless you. He said, you'll have barns filled with plenty. Amen? Praise God. That does, you know, of course, this was an agrarian society at that time. They were farmers, and they filled their barn. But what he was saying was, your barn will be overloaded with grain and with food and with provision. And so that's what he's saying to us. If we honor God with the sacrifice of our giving to God and put him first in our giving, listen, I believe that a tither, I believe it doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter what the economy does. If you're a tither and a giver to God, you're on God. You're in God's economy. You're not. You're, you're in a different realm altogether. And God will see to it that you have plenty to eat, plenty to drink, a place to live, clothes to wear. He will prosper and bless you if you give to Him. You'll even have plenty of toilet paper. <laughs> 
Amen. He'll take care of your necessities and give you the blessing of the Lord if we give him our best, our first fruits. Can I get an amen? All right, worship team, make your way back. I'm going to close with this scripture. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, Paul is talking in that ninth chapter about the church at Corinth and their giving, and he says, Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. So you've got to purpose it in your heart. Amen? Have your check wrote out before you even get to church. It's already purposed in your heart. Let him give. Notice he says, Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let me read that to you from the Amplified Version. It says, Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully. <laughs> I'm going to pay my tithes, but I really don't want to. Not sorrowfully, not under compulsion. You know what that means? That means preachers that get up and say, you know, try to coerce and force you to give. I never do that. If I ever do that, somebody come up here and slap me, all right? We, we've been, hey, we've been, we've been scraping the bottom of the barrel before here at Abundant Life. But God helped me never to get up here and say, well, if you don't give, we're going to shut the church. No, we're not. God is going to supply. I'm not going to try to force you into doing something. you got to do it willingly, and you got to do it because you, uh, you purpose it in your heart, not because you're compelled to do it. I heard of one preacher lock the doors of the church and wasn't going to let nobody out until they got a certain amount of money. I'd have been making me a hole somewhere. I'd have getting out of there. For God loves, takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in their giving. Praise God. Woo! God will not ever, ever, ever abandon a faithful giver and tither and supporter of the work of God. I believe that. Do you believe that? I believe that. David said, I've been young and now I'm old. I can say that. That scripture means more to me every day. I've been young and now I'm old. But he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging bread. Put him first. Offer the sacrifice of your person, of your praise of your prayers and of your possessions and your thanksgiving will be thanks living and you will have the blessing of God all year round. Amen.